so we have a lot of people doing the 30-30 challenge. I think I counted 47 people doing it. And the 40-40 challenge was just about, or 30-30 challenge was just about us uh, taking 30 minutes a day for the next 30 days to actually verbally, out loud, give thanks to God. And we talked about last week how that is something that is an out loud thing that God wants us to do, is to be able to express thanksgiving and to do it out loud. So I'm calling this message out of the box. Um, I'm going to re-give that definition for give thanks again. And it's right here. It says acknowledging, the actual word Eucharisto means uh, acknowledging that God's grace works well. That's what giving thanks is. So you could be in a horrible situation in life and yet still give thanks, not because you are a optimist and you ignore the problems and you're fake. That's not why. You can be giving thanks because you know that even in this circumstance right now, that I know that God's good grace is at work. Right? I'm going through a struggle. I just got a diagnosis. I'm in the middle of counseling. I, my child is in trouble or I'm breaking through from an addiction that's been taking me down. Whatever the case might be, but I can still give thanks, not because it's all been fixed or because my life is rosy, but because I know that even in this moment, God's good grace is working in my life and that in the end, he is working all things for good. That he is at work, that this is not the end of the story, that it's still moving forward, that that person that I've been ministering to and helping, and it looks like now they're going to fail, it's not going to work, and they're, they're mad, and everything's going bad. You know, I know that God hasn't given up yet, that his good grace is still working in their life. And so to give thanks, though, is not just to feel that or to think that, but it's literally to speak it, is to say it out loud. Why? Well, that's what some of what we're going to talk about today. But God wants us to actually get it out of our mouth. But it says acknowledging that God's good grace is at work in our lives by expressing it, by giving thanks, saying it. It's like when you give something, it has to leave you, right? Anybody ever been given something, but the person actually won't let you have it? Right? Oh, no, you, no, you can have it. Like, uh, and then you're like, okay, I'm going to take it with me. Well, and they start, you know, they want to kind of, well, maybe we can just keep it over here. You know, they don't really want you to take it. Maybe you can borrow it. But I, I might want it back later. But to give is to just let it go and let it move forward. Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. This is God's plan for your life and my life, is for God to fill us with joy in his presence. It's a relational thing is that God wants us to know him, to walk with him, to be with him, and for our lives to be full of joy, full of this sense that everything is going to be okay, that, that God is good, that my life is good, that, that things are working out well, that it's worth getting up tomorrow. Like God wants us to walk in this experience of joy that is deep, like it fully permeates ourselves regardless of circumstance, that this is what I'm living from. It comes in his presence, it comes by being around him. Is there anybody in your life when you get around them that you just realize, like, man, I don't know what's going on in them, but their life is good. Like, they just seem happy. Things are going well. That happened to me yesterday. I went out and saw uh, Michelle and uh, Ray Dorado invited me out to spend some time with Warren, and a lot of you have prayed for Warren. He's had the brain, uh, I think it's cancer, but what, I don't know the name of it. What, they've been operating and taking stuff out, and He's had all these issues going on. First, they thought he was going to die, but then he was going to live. And then, like, all these things back and forth. And now he's in a wheelchair. He doesn't have all of his motor skills. He can talk a little bit, but not much. And I walked in to the place that we were meeting. It was a big car garage. And I walk in and, right, like, that person ain't happy. He's sitting there in the wheelchair, and he just has, like, like our smiling. There's, like, a glow, 
right? I look over and he's sitting there in the wheelchair and he just has like a joy and had a good time together. And then we got together to pray. And so we talked and we, we ate dinner and, and had a good time together. And then we got together to pray because they were talking about his joy. And we were there praying as like giving him even, you know, I told the family, I said, because they were talking about his joy and, and just the joy that God's given him even in this struggle. And I said, well, when I walked in, I said, I thought either A, the doctors are getting him some good stuff because look at him, he's happy. Or something in his heart has really grasped onto joy. And they're like, it's, he's not actually on any drugs. Like, that's just him, right? And he just has a joy of the Lord, and he's still serving and loving and caring from where he's at. Why? Because God's presence is with us in any circumstance, in any situation. And he can bring us that sense of peace and that sense of joy. But this is Psalms 95 too. It says, let us enter his presence. Remember, we just read, where is the joy at? It's in his presence, right? So then how do we get the joy? We have to go into his presence, we have to be there. Now, well, God's present everywhere. That's true. But have you ever been out with somebody and you're both there, but one of you is really not there? That ever happen? You're like on a drive and you're like, uh, are you here? Maybe you're at dinner and you're like, are you planning on eating with me? Well, I'm sitting right here eating, ain't I? Okay. I think we've all been through that. We've been places by ourselves and we're not even there. Like, I'm just here by myself, spending time, but I'm not even really feeling like I'm here because I'm just drifting and my mind's in places. I'm like, I don't even know if I'm present. But to be in God's presence, this is the recipe. Psalms 95, 2, let us enter his presence with thanksgiving. With giving thanks, let us make a joyful noise to him in song. Again, it's tying his presence and joy together and thanksgiving. That there's like a secret password. You come up and you knock on the door and it's like, you know, what's the password to get in? It's like uh, something thankful. To look in our life, in our circumstance, in our situation, and be able to look for and to find something to give thanks for. There's times in life where it's easy. Everything that you look at is like, wow, this is awesome. There's other times in life where when you look at everything going on in your life, and you're like, and I'm supposed to be thankful? How can I be thankful? And yet it's telling us that if we want to get into the presence of God and experience joy that we've got to, it's not on him, it's on us, that we have to use this thankfulness to be able to increase our awareness of who he is, increase our awareness of what he's done in our lives, increase our awareness of how he's blessing us in the moment that we're in and what he's doing to work in and, and through our lives, and that he's there with us. That's why the, the disciples could uh, be able to give thanks. Even after Jesus was gone, they're put in prison and they worship and they give thanks. Why? Because he's with me. And even when this is over, I'm going to go be with him still. Like none of this can stop the relationship and the depth of the love and the peace that I'm receiving in knowing that the creator of the universe sees me, knows me, is with me and values me and that we're together. And so he gives us this recipe, Philippians 4, 6 through 8. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. A lot of times we pray, and we only pray the first half. We pray our petitions and our prayers and our problems. God, I can't pay my bills. Lord, I need some help. Lord, I don't have the energy to, to do this task that I'm supposed to do. God, my job is really struggling. Lord, I'm having a really hard time as a parent. God, this relationship's broken, or this person's gossiped about me, or I'm going through this depression. Whatever, I'm praying the problem, and I get done, and I walk away, and guess what? I still feel down. I got no joy. There's nothing that's changed. 
I'm like, I don't know. I've tried the prayer thing, man. It just doesn't work. I'd never leave feeling better. I actually leave feeling worse. Well, of course we can leave feeling worse. We just recited like 20 minutes of all of our problems. But the recipe, and this is a recipe, the recipe that God gives is to go ahead and dump all that out because he wants to hear it. He wants to know you. He wants to know where you're at. He wants you to come to him boldly before his throne and talk to him. But then it says, with thanksgiving, which means it would be like this. Lord, I can't pay my bills. I don't know how I'm supposed to do this. I'm not getting my commission check or this isn't happening. And I don't know, do they cut my hours and I can't pay the bills? I am way over my head, Lord. I need your help. But I thank you that you're always faithful. I thank you that you supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. God, I thank you that you're even working this out for my good. See, now I'm spending time in thanks and gratitude. Lord, I'm struggling in this relationship. God, it isn't working out. Uh, There's nothing I can do that seems to make it work, and they're still mad at me, and this person's mad. I can't just leave the situation because it's family, and I can't get out, and I don't know what to do. But Lord, I thank you, God, that you are the God of reconciliation. Lord, I thank you, God, that you forgive. I thank you that you restore. I thank you, God, that it's not over yet. And you just begin to give God thanks for who he is and what he does. And all of a sudden, your mood and your attitude and your heart starts to change. And then what happens? The rest of the verse plays out. It says, we present them to God. And then, it's after that, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So then the peace comes in. And do you know what? It's a peace that surpasses understanding. Do you know why? Because nothing's changed. That's why. It's easy to get peace if I'm like, Lord, I need help. I can't pay my bills. All right, I'm walking to the mailbox right now, Lord. I'm believing. I'm believing, Lord. I'm walking. Grab that door, open it, reach in. Boom, man, look at the stack of cash somebody left in my mailbox. The peace is coming in. But this is peace that surpasses understanding. Lord, I don't know. Nothing has changed. I just prayed for this person that I'm at odds with, and they have not apologized. They have not asked forgiveness. Nothing has changed. But I have peace because I've given you thanks, Lord, that you bring restoration. I've given you thanks, God, that you are taking care of this. I've given you thanks that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. I'm giving you thanks that you're with me. And so it's that transitioning of our problem into an actual position of faith. And we give thanks in faith for who God is, not just what he's already done, but who he is, because that signifies what he is going to continue to do, right? If you ever received a gift or something from somebody and they're not really like that, they're not very nice, or a compliment from somebody that's not usually very complimentary, and they come by and say something nice, what do you feel like? What's next? Oh, okay, that's, that's great. You think I'm a great guy or you like my shirt? okay. And, and, no, that was it. Okay. A nervousness. Why? Because their character doesn't match it. But with God, when we're giving him thanks and he's, we're believing because he's done something good to us, we're not like, well, he did something good, but I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop because I know that that's not his character. But we know it is his character because God is love. His character is to love us and to care for us and to help us. And he's done it before. We're in the middle of needing him to do it now. And we're going to need him to do it in the future. And yet he's faithful. He doesn't change. He's always the same. And so we can trust that he's going to continue to do that over and over again. And so that gives us this peace that we can rely on. This is John chapter 6, verse 10 and 12. It says, Jesus said, have the people sit down. He says, there's plenty of grass in that place. Uh, the kind you sit on and mow, not the kind you smoke. I know we're in Austin, but that's not what we're talking about. 
There's plenty of grass in that place. He says, so the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. That means there was probably about 15,000 people there. Because the men sat down, but there was also women and children there. But they're counting households, right? So the men sat down, and there's all these people. There's thousands of people there. And there's about 5,000 of them. Jesus took the loaves and the fish, and he did what? He gave thanks. Now, there's only a couple of fish and some loaves of bread. And there's thousands of people. Have you ever been at a lunch, a potluck, and it doesn't look very lucky? Like you look over there and you're like, uh, we got a lot of broke people here. We need to get at least a couple of friends that have some money and want to bring something because this is not looking good. And then you look around and somebody comes in the door and you say, if nobody else shows up, we're going to be fine. And then the doorbell rings and people just start flooding in. You're like, okay, we're all going to starve. And you start getting hangry. You start getting upset. And you're supposed to be a hospitable, fun, community, joyful time. And everybody's mad because, like, oh, I'm not going to get any food. Well, that's, there's enough food there to be pretty close. But this is not even close. We're talking one lunch that a boy brought. That was for a boy. He brought the lunch, and Jesus took the little boy's lunch. Praise God. He's so good. Walks up to the little boy. Give me that. The Savior needs it. Take it. Gone. But Jesus has it, and he's looking out right now in this moment. He's got his loaves and his fishes, and he's looking out at what? He's looking out at the problem. I got a lot of hungry people here. This is a problem. That's what he's actually visually, what he's looking at. But in spite of looking at the problem, and the problem is real, it's not fake, he's looking at it. In the midst of all that, he looks at it, and his next step is that he looks up to his Father in heaven, and he gives thanks. Nothing's changed. He doesn't have more. He still only has that little boy's lunch. And he looks up, and he doesn't say, Father, you sent me down here to help all these people. I'm doing my best. I'm preaching the word. I'm doing the thing. And you you gave me a boy's lunch. Why are we dead? What are you doing? Beam me back up. (laughs) It's about to be a riot down here. I'm not supposed to die yet. Help. He doesn't do that. He looks at the problem. He looks at what's apparently the lack of provision. And he's already tried. He's tried to gather. He's done his part. He's been diligent. And he just looks up and he's like, thank you. Can you thank God when you see your problem staring you in the face and you look at your solution and the solution's just not enough? Can you still thank God and just say thank you? Thank you for who you are. I'm not sure how this is going to work out, but I trust you. I know you. But he gives thanks, and then after that, he starts to distribute to those that were gathered the pieces that are left over so that nothing will be wasted. And he gathers everything that's left over, and they filled a bunch of baskets with the leftovers. So the abundant blessing and provision came after there was a problem, After they tried to solve it and failed, and then finally just gave up, in a sense, they quit searching, they didn't send anybody to the store, and they just said, thank you, and started giving thanks, and started just believing that God is who he says he is, and that he's going to take care of things, and all the provision and blessing that that comes in. There's a, a thing that happens when we give thanks. It doesn't say that he thought, hmm, I appreciate it. He said, thank you. Other people heard him say thank you because they recorded it. 
Other people watched him say thank you while what he was thanking them for wasn't enough. So that doesn't look very good. Why is he thanking him? Doesn't he realize there's not much there? He must be planning to eat first. (laughs) They don't know why, but he's thanking and he just looks probably crazy. But he gives thanks and then he distributes. And God comes in and gives enough. I brought these up. This is very simple because I like to do church as simple as possible. I don't think faith is supposed to be complicated. Uh, I think it's supposed to be simple. And so sometimes we overcomplicate truth and we make it so hard to understand and so hard to get at. But um, this is uh, Cheerios. Do we have any Cheerios lovers in here? My daughter loves the ones with marshmallows, but she doesn't actually eat the Cheerio part. But Cheerios are good. In fact, they can help lower cholesterol. They are pretty amazing. My wife loves Cheerios. I don't, but she does. But do you know how good these are? And do you know that they're good for your body, supposedly, if you eat them? I wouldn't know. But they're good for your body, they're good for your health, they're good for all these things. But what is one thing that universally, no matter who in this room wants to get that nutrition and get that value and get that health out of it, what does every single person in this room have to do? Eat them. What do you have to do before that? Buy it? Okay, I bought it. I've got it at home. What do I have to do? I have to open it. That's true. And then what do I have to do? I get a bowl, and then what? I'm teaching people how to eat right now. This is amazing. (laughs) Our church knows how to eat cereal. Um, I have to then pour it out into my hand, a bowl as possible, into my hand, into my mouth, somewhere. But I have to do what? I have to get it out of this box. This is not as good or as nutritious. <laughs> I have to get it out in order for it to work. Guess what? I have some band-aids right here. If I get an injury, a horrible, invisible injury, and my four-year-old wants to come and fix me, what does she have to do with this band-aid before she can fix me with it? She has to take it out of the box. It don't work in the box. Guess what? These are Legos. If you give these to a little kid for Christmas, say, I want you to have these. And he's like, awesome thing, but don't ever take them out of the box. <laughs> do not take them out of the box. What would you do? Could he enjoy them? Could he have fun? Would it be a great gift? No, what? Because they're Legos, it's all in there, but it's not out of the box. So there's no value happening. Okay, it's the same way. These are for adding some joy to your life, unless you're a parent that steps on them. That's what they're intended for. This is going to add some nutrition and health to your life, right? This brings some healing. But whether it's for for pleasure or it's for nutrition and building you up or else it's for healing, it really doesn't matter if it doesn't come out of the box. If it doesn't come out of the box, it doesn't do any good. That's universal. Buy a pair of shoes, guess what? It's hard to walk around if you don't take them out of the box. You'd be like this. Come on, let's go. First rainstorm, your shoes are gone. Texas. You literally have to take things out of the box to get the value. And so when we're talking about Thanksgiving, we're talking about that God is saying that there is something that happens when we take whatever appreciation that we sometimes feel or think, and we actually take it out of the box... 
and we actually use it. We put it at work in the world around us. We put it at work in someone's life around us. We care for somebody around us. We encourage somebody around us. We thank God. God's not the only person we can thank. There might be somebody in your life right now that if you stopped and think, in fact, let's do this. Close your eyes for a second. Think about somebody in your life that you appreciate deeply. Something they've done for you, something they do for you, something they've modeled for you, some way they've cared for you. How often or when was the last time that they heard you just very clearly and definitively tell them that? Thank you for this. I appreciate this about you. I'm grateful that you're here. You've added value to my life. You've helped me. Because you can feel it, but when you take it out of the box of your heart and you speak it to someone, now it starts to have a different dynamic and an impact and it begins to bring life. Does that make sense? So that's what we need to be able to do is to pull it out and to be able to actually put it out into the world where people can actually experience it. This is uh, Psalms 69, verse 30. It says, I will praise the name of the Lord, my God, with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. These are things that come out. Psalms 89, 1 through 2. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, right? Not my heart, not my mind, but with my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all the generations. I'm going to talk about, Revelation says that they overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. A word comes out of our mouth. Is that I'm going to say and speak about the good things of God. I'm going to give things. I'm going to speak these things out. Now, in Revelation, when it says that, overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, guess who your testimony helps overcome the devil? Guess, guess who benefits when you share your testimony and who that empowers to overcome? The person that hears it, right? Potentially, they're going through a problem. Maybe their marriage is on the brink, and you're like, you know, hey, this is what happened, and God restored us, and it gives them hope, and it helps them overcome. Maybe they're coming out of a, the loss of a loved one, and you could talk about how God gave you comfort, and it helps them. But it also helps ourselves to hear ourselves giving our testimony. We've done recordings of people's testimonies up in the studio upstairs, and You'd be surprised. People get up, they go to share their testimony, and they just start crying. Or even they'll come up on stage here at church and they'll say, I just want to share my testimony. And they'll get their thing out. Maybe they wrote it on a piece of paper and they flatten it out and they get up to share. And they get a couple of, you know, 10 seconds into it and they go, I didn't know I was going to get emotional. And then they just start crying. And then they try to cry their way through the rest of the day. Why? Because talking hurts. It's really hurting my larynx. I'm going to cry. No, it's... They're getting something out, and when their own ears are even hearing about the goodness of God in their life, they're saying it out loud. Their own ears are hearing it, and they're just getting overwhelmed with the goodness of God and with the joy of the Lord. Because when we give thanks, it brings us into his presence, into an awareness that he's here, an awareness that he's working on our behalf, awareness that he loves us. And so speaking about it, and it helps us to overcome ourselves and also helps others uh, that we are speaking there, that your love. And so it says, out of my mouth, I will make faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. Psalms 95, one through three, it says, oh, come let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise, which gives us all permission to sing. 
because I've heard some of you, and it's noisy, but so beautiful, so beautiful. It's that we can make a joyful noise, that we're excited. Well, how do you give a joyful noise? Well, the way that we get into joy is through thankfulness and speaking it out loud, right? So when we can come into church discouraged or down from a bad week or just a bad drive into church, all right, how many people fought on your way to church today? Okay, everybody close your eyes, which makes it worse. All right, everybody, everybody close your eyes. This is, a, this is anonymous. Anonymous. Hold on, let me get my camera out. Totally anonymous. Who in this room fought on the way to church? Oh, yeah, hands everywhere. Hands everywhere. Oh, my. Okay. Let's see. If everybody gets along on the way to church, we're not reaching all the right people. We need some people that are going through it. We can struggle even on the way to church. And some of you are like, no, we never fight on the way to church. We save it for on the way home. (laughs) That's fine. Fight on the way home. But we go through stuff, and yet it's this idea of giving thanks to God brings us into a place of joy, despite, you know what, we fought about that, we're upset about that, but you know what, thank God that there's another day, that his mercies are new every morning. Thank God that this could happen. Nothing's changed, I'm still mad at you, you're still mad at me, but that's fine, we're going to just give praise to God. But it is this getting it out of ourselves and speaking it and saying it, which is why we're doing the 30-30 challenge, which by the way, it's not too late to get into. Uh, You can still jump in, you just jump in late. Uh, You can still scan the QR code, and you can still join the group and post in there each day that you're giving gratitude. Uh, If you don't post, you'll end up getting removed uh, because it is a a communal, connected, uh, gratitude situation. But we're practicing this thing of getting it out of our minds and out of our heart, okay? Getting it out, even if we're in a hard circumstance. Getting it out, even if we're going through brain cancer and sitting in a wheelchair. Getting it out, even if... You know, we have found out that we lost our job or that we can't pay our rent or that we have to move or our car just broke down. We're just getting it out. We're just getting it out, getting it in front of people and giving thanks. And one thing I want to add to that is that it's really not for God's benefit because God's going to get his praise whether you give it or not. One, because there's a lot of other people. But even if nobody wanted to do it, the Bible said that the rocks would cry out. This is a rock. It's not very noisy. But, and it's a little one. But you know, if this bounced off the street and hit your windshield, guess what you're going to say? Oh, God! (laughs) That's not really what it's talking about either. But this is a little rock. You ever been around a big rock? And people travel from all over the world to go see a big rock. We lived in Bend, Oregon, and there was big rocks. And literally, people would fly in from Japan. For what? To go out in the middle of the wilderness and look at a big rock. Why? Because you get out there, they get there, they get on a tour bus, they get out there, like, where's everybody going? They're going to look at the rock. Okay, it's called Smith Rock. Didn't even have a cool name. It wasn't like the amazing, you know, supernova rock. It was just Smith Rock. And people are coming in from all over, different cities, different states, different countries, and they come in just to get out there in their car, they drive out in the middle of the desert, and they look at a rock. Wow. It's amazing. Why? Because something about the fact that we can't do that we can't make that happen. That's totally impossible. Something about that makes us just say, oh, boy, there is a God. This is amazing. And so the rocks will cry out if we don't. So then why does God want us to do it? He wants us to do it because in order for us to break it out of our box and get it out of our mouth, we have to change the posture of our heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. God's saying, do you know what? I want you to do this. I can't. Well, you can. I can't because my heart's wrong. Then let's get your heart right 
so that we can. And then he wants to transition us into being able to do that. And so it's all for your benefit. So I encourage you guys to take seriously giving thanks with your mouth. Whether we're in worship time, fully engage. If you're at home, speak about the goodness of God. Wherever you are, get it out of your mouth. Talk about the goodness of God. My wife had a great thing. She's a, a compulsive organizer uh, and has even turned it into a business because you know what? There's, if you can't beat them, go make money on them. Just get them out of here. But she's such a compulsive organizer. Like Her stress is, why is there all these dishes in here? Why is this house not clean? Why are things not in order? And she shifted it to thank God that we have food and a home and dishes to do. Thank God that I have kids to mess everything up. Thank God that people are coming in our home. Like changing the perspective and focusing on something else that is also true. Yes, it's true there's a mess, but it's also true there's a lot of awesome people here that made the mess. Praise God. But there's always a perspective that we can shift to. So let's bow our heads and pray, and then we're going to do the ability. Uh, Father, I just thank you, Lord, that uh, God, you've given us, Lord, the ability to. put everything else aside and come to you, Lord, as our Savior. Lord, and that we know that every time we come, that we're welcome. Every time we come, Lord, your arms are open. But every time that we interact with you, Lord, your love is, is facing us. Lord, your back is not to us. Lord, you don't have a cold shoulder up. Lord, you love us, you invite us, you want us near. Lord, I pray that you would stir up a heart of gratitude and thankfulness in each of us. Lord, that we would be able to do nothing else but talk about it. Lord, to say about the goodness that we see in our lives that comes from you. Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Take the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.